0: We're on a mission from God. Wendy. Sally! That's so I got that going. Darling.
1: Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue.
0: Light of my life. <laughs> we enjoy your films. I
1: am a human being. I thought they smelled bad.
0: On the outside.
2: Welcome to Vintage Video. We're rewatching the 80s, so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time. I'm Patrick O'Reilly.
1: And I'm Jesse Bayliss. And I'm Richard Wells.
2: And today marks the fortieth anniversary of the release of Holy Moses! Exclamation mark on June 13th, 1980. It was written by Guy Thomas and directed by Gary Weiss and released by Columbia Pictures. Uh, the film was protested by various Orthodox Jewish groups. I guess understandably, any movie about this period of time with these characters is going to have that uh an early draft of the film was titled the book of herschel this and in god we trust were the two 1980 comedies that basically tried to write the coattails of 1979's life of brian yeah and both films were critical and commercial failures
1: was it writing coattails of life of brian this movie felt so much more like history of the world part one
2: which is after this
1: which is after this which was really weird to me because i thought for sure i was looking it up after the fact that i'm like this has got to be based on that no it, it actually has cast members in common so they must have been even filming it right around the same time
2: maybe what is that 81? It's or, 81 it's yeah. 81
1: yeah and it's, it's possible it's both got both got dom de and madeline Kahn in them
2: that's true but you can't do a mel brooks movie without those two they're just required we start the movie with lots of amazing comedian names over shots of the Southern California desert as Israel, playing Israel. Uh weirdly the score is almost like horror film here as we're starting. And uh we see a pilgrimage tours bus that's parked on the side of the road loading up with a, a line of passengers on a dusty road. The door closes on the last passenger, this is Dudley Morris Harvey. And eventually the Passengers are able to get the driver to stop and let him in.
0: I really like the face that the driver gives him when he gets on the bus. Like he's like mimicking, I can't tell if if he's trying to blow him a kiss or if he's just like mimicking a sad face, like, oh, so poor you. (laughs) But it's just so perfectly (laughs) insulting. Yeah.
2: (laughs) This is a 15 day tour of the Holy Land, and uh, Harvey takes his seat next to Zoe in the back of the bus uh harvey basically just unloads on her about a recently ended relationship with a girl who was cheating on him the tour guide is asking people to introduce themselves so that they get to know each other better for this long long drive a kid in the front row here is uh planting a fig tree in honor of his parents another passenger thinks that the waters of bethesda will cure his blindness uh dudley stands to tell the group about a mix-up at the travel agency that sent a rabbi to paris in his place so he's here and the rabbi wanted to be here they stop at their first like location i don't know what they're supposed to be seeing here but they're stepping out of the bus onto the side of the road well
0: it's it's supposedly a location where jesus fasted our next stop will be the mount of temptation where christ fasted for 40 days and 40 nights
2: so we're gonna have lunch there huh? <laughs> but uh, as they're getting off the bus uh harvey snags one of the figs off of the fig tree that the kid is carrying and offers it to zoe and uh while they're talking her hat blows away in the wind and they climb up onto what i'm pretty sure is vasquez rocks and they are trying to find this hat but they find a cave and inside the cave they find this ancient vase with a scroll inside of it which they just pull out with their bare hands and unroll on the floor of this cave Harvey conveniently can read Aramaic because he is a language professor and uh we're cutting way back in time I'd say about 2000 years close to give or take 20 a woman is putting a baby in an ark and she pushes it down a river but on the way it passes a slave father doing the same thing with his son and uh the first baby pushes the second baby away as they are coming up on the pharaoh's daughter who is bathing in the river as they float past her, she grabs the first child of the two arcs to raise as her own, and she names it Moses.
1: I didn't realize that "ark" was a general term for a boat. boat I guess. Yeah. Vessel, because we also call it the Ark of the Covenant. So.
2: Mm. Oh, it's it the same like, definition. It's just something that carries well, something I, else. I
1: don't know. I don't know all the definitions of "ark." Apparently.
2: It's well, and you can put an ark on a ship. that's the rule (laughs) um uh, the father rushes in and he offers his slave services to protect the baby he says he would do anything for it like it was his own son and then he sees the baby and he's like oh this is not
0: you haven't seen another rock around here have you god uh listen it'll take a second same kind of arc same colors brown instead of white you know what i mean same kind of kid too but god
2: and he's like trying to find his own kid and he just runs away and notices that his son has washed up further down shore next to a different family not as high up in uh they're not slaves but they're higher higher caste than he is and uh they have a shop where they sell idols they carve and sell idols and so he offers himself as a slave to this family and herschel goes into the the idol making business we fast forward to his adulthood where he's carving a fertility goddess uh with 11 breasts i think by accident <laughs> supposed to have 12 maybe
1: clearly breasts well, you know, when more than two still have to come in even numbers apparently
0: i guess i guess that's the rule no and that total recall totally puts that come on let's use
2: twos. 80s terms galaxina made <laughs> it clear that boobs can come in threes just like comedy <laughs> <laughs> two girls come in to model for herschel apparently they've done this before and when he says he doesn't have anything for them to model for they ask if they can play the game where they dress as slaves and he dresses as the pharaoh and they handle his scepter and his father who is posing as an unrelated slave in the background is kind of disgusted by this because he doesn't want his son being corrupted like this uh, zoe enters as zerelda now but um, i should mention that herschel is this is also Dudley Moore, who's playing Harvey, and Zerelda, who enters, is also Lorraine Newman, who is playing Zoe. So Zoe enters as Zerelda, and she's looking for a god. <laughs> she's, she's like, okay, well, I'm here, I'm here to get a god for someone. He's like, oh, is this for your husband? And she's like, no, no, no. She usually shops down at Chuck Full of Gods, but uh, they don't have what she's looking for right now, And he, and he mentions that they don't have the same forgiving return policy either. He offers her a god Hathor, and uh, zerelda wants to know what sacrifices this god takes and so he's like i'm gonna have to check and then he talks to hysop and he's like hysop is the is his father the slave and he says oh she wants to know what uh, what sacrifices uh hathor takes and he says
0: virgins everything on this side of the shop takes virgins unless otherwise marked
2: <laughs> uh, zerelda's intimidated by the word virgin it seems and turns to leave the store because she's suddenly not interested in buying anything here Hysop warns herschel on a trip into the desert that bandits will probably intercept them and steal everything that they have and he's like are you kidding we have all these gods with us like why would anybody mess with us Hysop starts asking for a fancy new neck shackle but herschel is not willing to splurge and get him one he's like come on all the other slaves are gonna have neck shackles and i'm gonna be walking around on this and he's like look i don't have money to waste on this what you have is fine
0: i think i was asking for diamonds but uh, what
1: emeralds
0: hmm? it's a reflection on you you know. i mean it's what <laughs> that,
2: that i look like this um but then as they move out of town bandits do strike uh first we see an avalanche of rocks and he's like oh no it's just an avalanche avalanches happen and they look up and there's bandits and he's like bandits and he says look we don't we don't have anything of value we just have idols here so there's nothing that you'd want and he says throw down your valuables and then his slave father says
0: has
1: that being me hardly <laughs> uh
2: and before they can even step out of the cart they set a circle of idols on the ground to protect them in case they're about to get murdered uh one of the bandits picks one up and he says oh is this a is this a strong god and he says are you kidding that's like the strongest god that there is and he just smashes it in his hands and so they're like well you lied to us this is all trash and now we have to kill you guys and he says well w- shouldn't you leave at least one of us alive so that we can tell the story of how vicious you were And he's like that's a good point i guess we'll just kill one of you and he's like which one which one which one <laughs> like, immediately like hold on wait, wait i need to know this this is very important hysop is released to escape and herschel is tied to a stake in a fire so uh they leave with him just tied up in this fire and hysop comes back and he's like oh my god you're still alive that's great it's time to save you and as he gets close to the fire he's like
0: this is hot this is
1: very hot how can you stand it in there
2: like like he's just enjoying it and just hanging out he starts spitting at the fire like he's gonna put it out that way And he's like you spit from that side too but uh then eventually he tells herschel to just pull the pole out of the ground and walk away from it this pole is like a smooth cylinder and should be able to slide right out of the ropes that are binding his hands but Mm -hmm. for no reason he's carrying the pole around through the desert as they escape herschel is running a shoe shine in a new town that they head to and uh, when the roman soldier looks down he sees that herschel has painted shoes onto him even though he was he was wearing sandals but now he has shoe polish all over his feet so that they look like he's wearing shoes and he's like oh that's a that's a look i saw in carthage and it's like is this character supposed to be a time traveler because i don't know why he would do that on accident but later he works in the palace and he's like a housekeeper he has like a cart that he's pushing stuff into and walking around and there's a room with a bunch of high priests in it and they're talking about how the pharaoh keeps killing people and uh, they need a new stargazer but they know if the person gets anything wrong the pharaoh's going to kill them and they're like we need to find someone real stupid that's willing to do it and then he pushes his cart into that room and they're like oh hey you're perfect and then weirdly we cut to herschel preparing for his first orgy Like suddenly he's high up enough that he's getting invited to orgies Mm -hmm. but it's not like an official like pharaoh's orgy it's just an orgy that's happening at his house but just as it's about to get started um, Hysop enters and he's like applying fruits to him as perfume like he gives he literally just squirts lemon all over him and then taps a grapefruit behind his ears but Herschel gets word that he's being called away to the front before the orgy can start Hysop cries because he thinks that he might never see his son again and here's where he reveals to him that he is actually herschel's father, and to prove it, he brings out the ark that he still has. Which, you know, the the family hired him as a slave the day that he was found. Like he could have just grabbed the ark then. That's not proof yeah. that you're his father, but he believes him, and
0: he's almost emotional too that that his father is alive and yeah, that he can meet him.
2: And it seems like they're trying to play it up like a joke, like, oh well, that means I'm the son of a slave, but I don't. I don't want to be a sla- I'm happy with what I'm doing right now. I don't I don't want to like suddenly be a slave. And they try and play it up like it's a joke about how selfish he's being when his father wants him to to like just be family and for them to be friendly with each other, but it just it doesn't come across as funny really. The conversation that they're happening just feels like a genuine conversation between these two characters. Like nobody would judge him for not wanting to be a slave in this moment
1: yeah but i mean but they
2: it, make it look like he's being selfish
1: eh, it's as equally not funny as most of these jokes have been though
2: i guess yeah but it just felt like they they could have gone further to make it clear that he's like disgusted by the income group that his father belongs to yeah compared to where he's ended up somehow but together they decide that they're going to burn this ark to keep the secret from the pharaoh so that he doesn't get beheaded
0: because uh, i guess seeing an arc would merely mean that you were a oh slave? you're a slave exactly <laughs> this is um, clearly the arc of a slave
2: yes a chariot races through the desert past a sign indicating that war is that way herschel tries to tell his ride that he has the flu and he doesn't want everyone at the front to get sick so maybe we should turn around i feel really bad and when that doesn't work he says oh you know what, i just remembered i left my wallet back at the at the place we should probably go back for and they're just not listening to him. They just take him right up to the place. Hershel meets with the young pharaoh and uh he's sitting on his throne and the pharaoh makes him test fruits. And uh he's like, "Oh, why don't you have a fruit?" And he starts to eat one. He's like, "Yeah, the the food taster is unavailable, which I think means poisoned yeah. to death." Um and so he's like, "Why don't you just uh eat a couple of those fruits and let me know if you're still alive?" And he doesn't want to do it so he's like filling his mouth with this fruit but he's never swallowing anything and then he gets the pharaoh to like look away for a second so he can spit it all on the floor but every line that the pharaoh says here i think is dubbed over it feels like
1: that it's very weird
2: i wonder if it's to try and match the voice later of the adult pharaoh
1: i so i was confused by this is he supposed to be the same pharaoh as the pharaoh later in the movie i don't know
0: he is yeah because he he'll say is like i remember you my old stargazer
2: oh okay then yes but uh so maybe they dubbed him over because they wanted to try and make him sound more like richard Pryor, and the kids sounded decidedly on richard prior spoiler alert walking through the desert herschel sees a pack of hittites and he turns to try and warn the opposing army the pharaoh's army but nobody seems to care they're just like yeah no that's why we're here we were here to kill those people and uh, after a very quick battle the, the pharaoh's army has lost and herschel rips a piece of fabric off of one of his own soldiers to wave as a white flag but then the rest of the army is killed and herschel wakes up later under a pile of arrows somehow still alive he's the only surviving member of this army and uh just starts walking through the desert and starving to death and dying of dehydration and as he's walking through he crashes head on into shadrick in the desert this is uh dom Deloise in his third role for the year and uh it's just like an awkward confrontation where they could have passed each other by you know miles but instead they just happen to literally crash into each other walking and they're like oh hey oh man i haven't seen you in forever anyway it was good to see you like yeah. we should do lunch like they, they just don't have anything to say and they're, they're not planning on teaming up to survive this they just head off their separate directions
0: and dom de louise exits the picture
2: yes he's gone forever everybody comes and goes in one scene except for the the two keepers i guess three you have the father and the and the two leads herschel comes upon a camp and he breaks bread with jethro literally yes they're just breaking bread on a tray and uh jethro offers him one of his daughters because he has seven and only one of them married He mar- and she married an egyptian named moses with a stutter <laughs> which uh i liked that detail because we never hear moses talk in the whole movie mm-hmm. so it would have been funny to have just a bit of that later but it doesn't happen
0: well moses also uh historically was bad at public speaking oh okay so his brother Wait,
1: what really we know that yeah <laughs> we know this okay
0: and so Aaron we also
2: know for a fact that he parted the red sea <laughs> that's right uh <laughs> I, so his
1: brother... I was not paying attention in religion class if, that's right if he had a stutter
0: i, I don't, I don't know, I know if it was a stutter yeah, it was, a stutter, it was but, probably a list yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> or just nerves uh but he br- the jethro brings all of his daughters out to dance for them and he notices that one of them is zerelda and he says oh i'll, I'll marry that one if she'll have me and as a wedding gift, Jethro offers them a tent on, like, a slanted rock. Which, they could very easily have just moved this tent somewhere flat, but they leave it where it is.
1: But that's the piece of land that he gave them. He's like, here's a piece of land. Yeah. And it's just all slanty.
2: On her sister's advice, Zerelda decides she's going to impersonate a sheep on their wedding night.
1: It's not not her sister's advice to impersonate a sheep. It's well, like, her... do do what the sheep do.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. So misunderstanding her sister's advice she impersonates a sheep on their wedding night but uh i really like this he's moment into it. yeah he, he <laughs> it doesn't slow him down at all but i liked that she's like laying on the bed waiting for him to come in and when he throws up in the tent she like accidentally slides down the bed because it's at like a, a 45 <laughs> degree grade so she's just sliding down this hill and then he has to like climb up a rope to get into the bed and lay down next to her um but then uh then they consummate the relationship and uh the next day we see them they uh they've been invited to dinner with moses and uh (laughs) herschel doesn't want to go he's like just tell them i have a headache Uh, it's just it's either dinner with your father or dinner with moses and i can't stand these people he gets back to his work which is corralling all of the the sheep that have strayed and uh jethro keeps yelling at him to get the sheep over the hill so he moves over the top of the hill where he comes upon the burning bush speaking with moses But he overhears the conversation and thinks it's for him. And he comes back down the hill and he tells Zerelda that God spoke to him and she's very impressed. And they decide that they're going to go on a journey to free the slaves, which is what God told Moses to do. But Herschel thinks it's his job.
0: And she believes him immediately. Yes. She's like, God spoke to you. He's like, Did you tell him I said hi? He's like, Well, he did most of the talking. (laughs) Um, like how'd you know it was God Jethro <laughs> I was like I was like are you kidding me I worked in the idol I was in the business
2: yeah I would recognize it so th- on this journey they come to a shallow stream and Herschel's like I did it I I shrunk the stream so that we could cross it but then we see that it's just dammed upstream because these people are fishing
1: this was very confusing to me because it wasn't like we saw rushing water and then and then, go right, away. And yeah. then no water we just come to like a stream. And uh, like dried up stream bed with a bunch of fish flopping around in it.
2: Yeah, uh, herschel comes across a beggar and uh, he's asking for money because he is poor and he's blind and he can't walk. And herschel says, "Oh, well, I can restore your vision and your ability to walk, but the guy's faking it, <laughs> and so he doesn't want that. He just wants the money because that's how he he makes a living." And Herschel goes to poke his eyes and he says what are you doing you're gonna blind me and the people around it here are like oh my god he's not blind oh you say you did it mm-hmm. you rescued his vision and then he just yanks him up onto his feet and now he's walking around and everyone thinks that he's actually cured this person and as a result a group of the village people here hire herschel to scare away a giant that's been attacking them called Amuk. and uh there's a weird line here i feel like it just got read wrong where when they're describing the giant to him the guy says the the giant is nine cubits from crotch to foot mm-hmm. and then zerelda says
1: that means that he's got a 12 foot inseam
2: and she stops at the word inseam mm-hmm. where i think she should have stopped at the word 12 foot right like wouldn't the joke have been that she was th- remarking on the size of something else
1: i don't know maybe she's trying to explain it what a cubit is <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i don't know but she says well that means he has a 12 foot in another person says yes inseam and he's like well what do you, how do you know his inseam what are you a tailor and he says i'm his tailor like i literally make clothes for the giant but then he starts asking the card he's like well how about just opening your hearts and loving this this creature like have you ever considered that what has he ever done to you and he's, and she's like
1: nothing nothing but he squashed my grandmother once it was horrible she was lying on the ground her eyes were bulging
2: out of me. Like all these people are like i guess you're right i mean we really didn't give him a chance but he has killed many of us so herschel heads out into the fields with a slingshot and he throws a couple of rocks at the giant but he, i think he hits him in the balls both times yeah and uh he says he was aiming for his face but instead of taking this giant out he just pisses it off and it completely destroys the whole village um, we don't see any of this we just see the giant getting angry and then cut to the survivors of this village destruction
0: there's a lot of things that we don't see yeah they, they do a lot of like like oh there's that over there i guess i'll go over there now off camera yeah. to this thing that i'm describing
2: but uh <laughs> yeah that's true but so now they're selling him into slavery at the salt mines and uh very quickly he moves his way up to the point where he's like sitting on top of the rock that people are moving because he's just a slick talker and he keeps getting promoted but uh, as they're moving this enormous rock like a like a pyramid sized rock um, not a full pyramid but the size of rocks that they built pyramids out of and they accidentally drop one onto a guard's foot and so as punishment herschel is thrown into just a hole in the ground which i think is another salt mine like entrance like he falls into the holes of the salt mine And when he lands in this hole, there's an angel in there with him. And he's like, I don't understand what's going on. I shouldn't be here. Like, God spoke to me. And then he recites some of what God said in an impression to God. And the angel's like, wow, that's – you have him down. That's incredible. Like, that just sounds like him. That's You should share that with more people. That's incredible. Um, But he says, well, now, if you're an angel, like, you should help me out of here because – i'm the chosen one like i'm supposed to save the slaves and and the people in the name of god and he chose me for this mission he's like look i i can't do anything unless i have like a form and it's signed and it's got your name on it and it's got to be from somebody like way high up like it needs to be somebody important for me to get you out of here but uh i i don't have that so i'm gonna go my wings are tied basically so he starts to fly out of this hole and then herschel just grabs his legs so that he can escape and the angel's like what are you doing let go let go what like like he's the forklift driver in hercules in new york but when he gets up out of the hole then herschel just gets down and runs off we cut to herschel basically just jumping aboard a passing carriage of a sorceress which the back of the carriage says aunt yokabel is that her
0: Um, i'm i am assuming because
2: she's only credited
0: as sorceress but um and and she tells him not to eat or drink anything but he does and nothing nothing happens? happens yeah there's no payoff yeah well, I
1: mean, he he is slightly enamored with her, and she throws him out. And he does that seem is, like he's that is all that happens.
0: He's slipping a little
2: bit into his Arthur voice, so I get the impression that he's supposed to be mildly, at least, intoxicated.
1: Yeah, but he's, I mean, the the sign on the back was uh, advertising that these were. Uh, aphrodisiacs. Oh, okay, I missed and, that. And so when he eats the fruit and drinks the elixirs, he's enamored with her, and is like, "Oh, the light in your hair is so beautiful." And yeah. she just tosses, kicks it out.
2: him out of the thing. So he just goes tumbling down this embankment. Oh, but before they get separated, she does tell him that uh, his wife has taken up with Amok, the giant,
1: <laughs> and he's like,
0: "How much longer is it? I don't know. You're gonna have to
1: ask Cerebro that." and 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 she indicates that they're in new sodom which is the town that they're going to
2: right which this is a a fictional sequel to the the biblical sodom which was destroyed already and it seems like they just built it right back up to get back to work herschel poses as a eunuch to get through the doors of new sodom and uh, as he's walking through the main courtyard he sees a puppet show with like a marionette dominatrix just whipping another (laughs) another character he notices that the angel that he was in the hole with is flirting with two women but he's wearing like a blanket over his wings so that you can't tell he's an he angel kinda looks like a hunchback <laughs> exactly <laughs> and uh he notices him and calls out to him and then chases him around a corner where he tries to hide in a room full of angels and when he follows him in they're like who's this guy and then he explains so oh, he says that he's the chosen one and that he spoke to god actually you should do your impression for these guys because they'll appreciate it and he's like no i'm not i'm not gonna." look uh, i'm just telling you what happened he told me on the chosen one i'm supposed to save the slaves but this meeting that they're having is about destroying new sodom because they already destroyed sodom and it just sprung back up so they have to make it much worse this second time but then a woman is knocking on the door and she's this is mrs memnet and she's like hey there's not supposed to be any women in here there's not any women in there right and they're like no there's no women in here and she's like there's not any sheep in there either right and he's like oh my god this town disgusts me so the they plot the destruction of new sodom and they've settled on fire and brimstone because they're worried that a plague could uh not do the trick uh the leader of the angels gives herschel until midnight to find his wife and to escape new sodom before they will destroy it with fire and brimstone but she can't look back because if she looks back she's going to turn into salt just like lot's wife with the first sodom Hurst sneaks into a party and is mistaken very quickly for a wine server at the door herschel encourages the crowd to change their sinful ways before the town is destroyed he finds his wife and he gives her a little bit of shit about Amok, but she says oh no it was purely physical (laughs) which is not what he wanted to hear but he gets her out of the, the building and then out of the town and they're moving down the sidewalk or they're moving down the path away from new sodom before he even starts to tell her about the rule of not looking back um, and explaining it properly so she turns and looks back and very quickly turns into a pillar of salt but he brings it with him so he's just carrying her around now this seems like it'd be really heavy if it was just solid salt he sits on a rock far outside of town and just mourns the loss of his wife who i kept thinking was like oh she's gonna come back eventually like oh here comes the devil he's gonna make a deal with the devil and he's gonna get his wife back no she's done she's done for this movie
0: but i do love john ritter's devil costume yes Yes. (laughs) it's just like a walmart
2: devil (laughs) costume it's just a leotard with horns
0: (laughs) it's so cheap looking yeah
2: um i did like too when he's he's talking about well you know i used to be an angel you know i wasn't always a bad guy we were partners before and he's like how did you become the devil and he's like well, you know, he just sort of came out and he's like, "Hey, try this on." <laughs> like <laughs> implying that he literally threw that costume at him and was like, yeah. "Hey, put this on. Okay, now you're the devil." Um, but he uh he sits on the rock next to him and he tells him, "You know, I don't get enough credit for the stuff I did. Like, I invented three of the four seasons. Also trees." <laughs> like, you like trees? He's like, "Oh yeah, trees are great. <laughs> you deserve more credit for that. I'm sorry." It's um, like, "Thank you." <laughs> anyway, and he's like, "Shouldn't you be in hell?" And he's like, there's a bunch of people that just got damned over there i got to collect them and he's like oh that makes sense okay so the devil leaves and uh we cut to uh herschel getting home um and hysop is sweeping up a plague of live frogs this bothered me a lot it always bothers me when they do this where a character might be stepping on a live animal in the scene
1: Well, and even if he wasn't stepping on a live animal, he's poking them with like a straw broom.
2: Yeah, but these are real frogs. You can see them hopping around.
1: And they were definitely live fish in the dried up riverbed earlier flopping around.
2: For some reason, I don't care about fish. That's weird. (laughs) You're weird. I would just pick that fish up and bite its head off. That's not a problem. But these frogs they are cute. But yeah, he's sweeping up these frogs and uh, Herschel walks in and he says, Hey, Moses, the guy that you heard so much about, he's not the chosen one i'm the chosen one he's just you know he's he's my brother-in-law i know him like we're married two sisters and his father's like oh my god you're married like i, I didn't think you were ever gonna get married and he's like oh yeah she's right outside hold on let me go get her and so he brings in this salt pillar and sets it down and i can't tell what hysop's reaction is to this salt pillar I, I don't think it's clear enough but it seems like he either just thinks his son is crazy and is disgusted by it, or he can tell what happened and that she looked back at New Sodom and was turned into a pillar because apparently Lot's wife is famous enough that you would know what happened. Right. But, I don't
1: know. I kind of felt it was like when you you know you meet somebody who's got a real doll for a yeah. Girlfriend. It's <laughs> like Lars and the Real Girl. <laughs>
2: yeah. mm-hmm. Um. But uh. But yeah. So he's like, you know what? Why don't we just? I don't want to have a daughter-in-law that got chipped. So why don't we just throw a blanket over her and he covers her up herschel wants to clear up the confusion with moses so he heads down to speak with the pharaoh and they're invited in like uh like they're at a audition for a talent show basically so he's backstage and he's like what is your thing and he's like oh i'm a prophet he's like okay the prophet you're you're up next why don't you come over this way and uh, he goes to perform for the pharaoh but the pharaoh is not impressed uh he's not able to do anything especially magical The pharaoh throws a snake on the floor, uh, like a cane snake thing, magic. And uh, Herschel throws his cane on the floor, and it doesn't turn into a snake. And he's just like, oh, it takes a while to warm up. (laughs) Everyone starts laughing at it. For a second, I thought that it was going to turn into, like, everyone thinks he's funny. And so he's just going to tell jokes here and, like, win the crowd over. But, no, he's just, just not performing miracles, and the pharaoh is just angry at him.
0: And the Pharaoh goes on and on about Moses. It's like, Moses was the real deal. Yeah. You see all the stuff he did?
2: Yeah, because Moses was like the David Blaine of of this time period. The Pharaoh, basically disappointed with his magic show, orders him beheaded. And then a barbershop quartet rolls out to take the stage. Um, Hysop follows him out of the room with a basket that he brought to collect Herschel's head (laughs) after the Pharaoh cuts it off. Because he knew this was going to happen. But uh, we, I skipped a point here that when he says, no, you have to let all the slaves go. God told me that he was sending me here to get you to let all the slaves go. And he's like, what are you talking about? I already did that. Like Moses came in here and told me to do that. He's like, that already happened, but I thought I was the chosen one. And so this is his first like moment of doubt where he's realizing, oh crap, like I guess I misunderstood something or I'm doing something wrong. Outside of the, of the Pharaoh's chambers, Hysop meets the angel from before. He is a fallen angel now. And he claims that he cannot help, but Hysop starts sobbing and talking about his son and how he misses him and he doesn't want him to die. And uh then the the former angel of the Lord agrees to try to help. So they head to Hirsch's dungeon cell, which has they can see him through the window, and they tie some rope around the prison bars, and the angel flies away, holding the other side of the rope and completely tears these bars out so it like rips basically the whole wall apart
0: but it also rips his wings off
2: right (laughs) um one falls off and then after they both leave the other one falls off so they go to visit with moses back uh near jethro uh in the mountains and hysop is playing with moses's trick staff like he throws it on the ground and it turns into a snake he's like wow this thing is great like this is wonderful Mm -hmm. um herschel is sitting here carving the ten commandments and uh he picks them up to deliver to moses so that moses can take them up to the mountain and then pretend they came directly from god
1: i figured we were gonna do a joke like uh, history of the world part one yeah
2: where... i i kept thinking that and then i was like well he's definitely not gonna drop one of these because they would not have done that a year later in a mel brooks movie if it yeah. happened here but
1: I, I just figured that there was going to be some sort of catch like oh the w- reason that the ten commandments are the way they are is because of xyz
2: right yeah. yeah although they kind of get a, one of those in there because hysop's like
0: honor thy mother and father did you include
1: that one mm-hmm.
0: that was mine right? yeah.
2: so he hands them off to moses moses takes them up the mountain and then back in his tent uh herschel basically relents that moses was the chosen one he's he's upset he's like i don't understand why this whole time i thought i was the chosen one and it it has been him he's finally accepting it but uh after he leaves the tent uh his father goes up to his wife the, the salt pillar statue and he chips a little bit off into his soup to salt it which uh i thought was great
0: well there's and there's big portions of her missing yeah so he, they've clearly He's been not doing the first time <laughs>
2: <laughs> herschel brings a massive idol up to onto the mountain to lure god down so he can have an argument with him and immediately god destroys it and starts speaking to him but the conversation they have here there's not even jokes in it really no it's just him shouting at god why did you let me believe that and god says i let you believe it because you were still doing good and you were and i you were acting through me and you made these commandments and you gave them to moses so that he could bring them to the people and then it seems like he screws up a line and they just left it in the movie did you hear this which line well because at the end of this conversation basically god goes crazy and like storms on him to prove how powerful he is which wasn't up for debate and then he stops the storm and he's like yeah that's great and he says i i worked through you you gave him the stones and he'll bring them to the people and he says
0: am i gonna believe am i gonna be remembered for my participation in any of this mm.
2: it's like why did why did they like it would be very easy to just cut the first part of that but he clearly cuts mid-word believe and then changes the, like starts the sentence over and they left the whole thing in yeah it just felt like
0: there's do no another reason. take yeah just
2: uh, do this another isn't take.
0: hercules in new york you can do more than one take
2: ridiculous. Um God assures him that someone will remember him eventually, but he doesn't specify who or when or where. And uh he also says no more impressions of me because you don't sound like me and you're not you're not impressing anyone. And we fade back to the present where they're just finishing reading this. Well, it, they're not done reading it, but they hear the horn honking and they're like, "Oh, well, I guess we have to go." So they take the scroll out of the cave. I thought they would put it back in the pot to Mm -hmm. take it out of the cave but they just walk out of the cave holding it but it completely disintegrates in a light breeze and harvey wonders why god would let them take it if it's just going to get destroyed and zoe says that god works in mysterious ways and as they're getting onto the bus harvey is caught in the doors again and god laughs at him and that's the end of the film (sighs) yeah it's uh it's a it pales in comparison to the other ones i'm not excited for in god we trust later this year yeah uh, because i feel like it's going to be a lot like this again
1: i mean i really did just feel like it was a a poor imitation of uh of history of the world part one which doesn't exist yet so
2: well it's weird too because they must have been super nervous making that movie if they started on it after life of brian and then every movie that came out that was in that vein since then has just been a tragic misfire. Like, I wonder if he was worried, like, we need to punch this up. Like, we need to make sure that there are jokes constantly. None yeah. of this can drag.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and, but history of the world is also a little different than that it covers more than one time period. Right. So, and I,
2: it's all over the world, too.
0: Yeah. And so, like, Life of Brian and this movie are, are very similar. They even share some of the same jokes. The the beggar the blind beggar it was a lot like the michael palin's ex-leper right he was like oh i was cured i had i had a i had a life and a trade as a leper but then jesus cured me and now i got nothing
2: yeah i was especially bothered by when he gets to new sodom and he wants to go inside and you see the guy up on the top of the wall talking down to him Mm -hmm. and they're shooting the face through like what are they called on the top of a castle the battlements through the battlements and it was just like come on really you're gonna use this exact shot from like the monty python stuff mm-hmm. but yeah they did um and they it just turned out that they didn't really have enough of a story there even with this incredible cast and a bunch of them are wasted like dom de is fine i guess like he's not as funny as he was in last married couple mm-hmm. but he's funnier than fatso but richard pryor is terrible in this movie he's not funny yeah Gre- nothing Gre- he does is funny and Gre-
0: gregory hines is much better in history of the world yes
2: yeah but i was just the whole time i was like oh this is sad like i don't know if like he was like literally intoxicated on set but he looks like sweaty and like angry to be there mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't feed into the character at all it just seems like not good
1: i think i would have been angry to be there too
2: but everybody <laughs> else is pulling their way like dudley moore is carrying this entire movie on his shoulders like yeah nobody else is doing anything to help him yeah and it's not lorraine newman's fault either because she's written very poorly there's nothing for her to do and yeah. we never get a sense of her motivations um but i love her she's great but i just felt like that going through the credits at the beginning of this movie we were like oh my god oh my god yeah and even like like weird like little bits like john ritter coming out as the devil and it's like this is really funny i wish that there had been a reason for the devil to be here
1: there's no, mm-hmm. there's no, it didn't factor payoff. into the plot at mm-hmm. all.
2: It was just kind of like, oh, there goes the devil, he'll say a few funny things and it, then he'll walk away.
1: And it felt like all of the funniest people just had cameo parts. Yeah,
2: yeah. Madeline Kahn was completely wasted. It was like Simon level tragedy of like not getting her to say anything.
1: Yeah,
0: but thank goodness for history of the world the next year. Yes, because Madeline <laughs> Kahn is amazing. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: Um, the director here was Gary Weiss, who was a longtime director of Saturday Night Live, which I think makes sense because I feel like a lot of these scenes were just directed on the fly. They were just like, here's the premise of this scene. This is going on. You're this person. You're this person. Go. And it feels they just like, let them talk.
0: It feels like a lot of rejected Saturday Night Live sketches.
2: But I think there's a lot of improv going on in this movie, too, mm. because specifically when the angel's like, unless I have paperwork signed in front of me, like that felt like something that he would have come up with on the fly and uh there's other scenes like that too that just felt very specifically improvised to me but um gary weiss also plays the tv director in manhattan which unless i'm confusing it with annie hall is the guy who's like sitting in a room uh sweetening the broadcast by like turning up the laugh track and he's just like oh this is great you don't even need to make the audience laugh anymore like you just plug it in wherever you want it the writer here was guy thomas he doesn't have a lot of credits that i've heard of uh dudley moore was obviously harvey and herschel and this is right between 10 and arthur for him so yeah it's really sad like dip in the middle um i
1: don't think i've seen 10
0: julie andrews
2: uh is bo derrick right is Is bo derrick yeah um
1: julie andrews i think is in that
2: is she in that also
1: yeah
2: well bo derrick is the titular 10 of the
0: movie and we are both right okay bo derrick and julie andrews
1: what's the premise of the 10
2: it's like a guy on vacation and he sees this attractive woman and i don't remember i haven't seen it since you know we were working at blockbuster 20 good, years but ago but it's a good movie yes Okay. It was yeah, yeah. it's a it's a very well received film
0: nominated for two oscars what year was that uh well the oscars were 1980 but it was filmed in 1979
2: okay um but he was also in the original bedazzled
1: oh yeah i love that one yeah that's great one
2: lorraine newman is wonderful she was zoe and zerelda here she's a member of the original saturday night live cast she's in the coneheads movie she was lawanda dumour in problem child 2 with john ritter that's right uh she was also frog-eyed lady in fear and loathing uh fear and loathing in las vegas of course and she plays the first lady in jingle all the way is she literally like the first lady like the president's wife or is she just a first lady in a scene <laughs> i don't remember anything with the president in there but
0: i i feel like that's like i was here first yeah and then they just called her first lady
2: yeah uh james coco was high sop he's great he actually does a really great job in this it's it's yeah. him and dudley moore are doing all the heavy lifting yeah um but he was milo perrier in murder by death uh it's a really great character who keeps getting mistaken for other nationalities and is very upset about it Mm
0: -hmm. well Uh, that's the perot yeah it's it's
2: a reference to that um he's also uh sancho panza in uh, man of la mancha which i think is another great role for him and uh he was moroni's bouncer in johnny dangerously um paul sand here was coach finstock in teen wolf 2 if you'll recall we've mentioned coach finstock on the show before but this is not the one who wrote the great muppet caper or up the academy that was teen wolf (laughs) one this is the guy who took over the role he played the angel of the lord in this film jack gilford was taylor he played bernie lefkowitz in cocoons one and two this is the guy who's the taylor for the giant and he was doc danica in catch 22 and butterworth in arthur 2 on the rocks with dudley moore again Dom DeLuis was Shadrach. This is his third film for the year after Fatso and Last Married Couple. And he's great, but he's in it for five seconds and he doesn't really get any jokes. John Houseman was the archangel. He's the leader of the angels that are plotting the destruction of New Sodom. Uh, we had him in the fog, and you can see that episode for more credits from John Houseman. Uh, Madeline Kahn was the sorceress. She was in Simon, and you can see more of her credits in that episode. David L. Lander was uh, the beggar, the guy who was pretending to be blind and couldn't walk. He was Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley, and he was Principal Squiggy in Scary Movie, and he plays Smartass in Roger Rabbit. I don't remember who Smartass would be. Uh,
0: I believe he is the leader of the uh, the Weasels.
2: Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah,
0: because he's got that the Squiggy voice.
2: And uh, Richard Pryor, you probably know from Superman three. Uh, john ritter was the devil here he was in <laughs> wait wait wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is there other movies
0: other movies richard Pryor. yes i think stir
2: crazy coming up later this year that's gonna yeah, be a yeah. lot of fun um a personal favorite of mine it, as far as his uh movies with uh with willy wonka go is the hear no evil see no evil mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a lot of physical comedy but that movie kills me every time i see it john ritter was the devil he was in hero at large and three's company at the time was still running sam wiseman here was the talent coordinator that's the guy who lets him know when he gets to go on stage for the pharaoh and he's acting like a guy at a comedy club asking how many minutes people can do he is a director he directed d2 the mighty ducks he directed george of the jungle he directed the out-of-towners remake and he also directed dickie roberts former child star (laughs) did you ever see that no i went to an early like test screener for that but uh i remember it being okay yeah but it it was it had some legitimately funny moments and i remember the first scene of him in his apartment he has like a regular poker night with all these other like famous people who were child actors (laughs) and uh it was it was i think screech was one of them like all sitting around the table that's good hap lawrence played the blind man on the bus Uh, He was Sergeant Mayor in the Nude Bomb earlier this year, and he'll be back as a nudist in Loving Couples and an Endocrinology Fellow in Altered States at the end of the year. Hmm. Uh, Andrea Martin was Zipporah. That was sister of Zarelda. She's an SCTV regular.
1: I recognized her right away.
2: Uh, From what? What was yours?
1: Well, from Hedwig. Okay, yes. uh, She's like the manager of the band from Hedwig and the Angry
2: Inch. Um, She is also the voice of queen slug for a butt on earthworm jim uh, i couldn't decide what credits to put in for her so i picked the weirdest ones but well, yeah.
1: she's i mean i think she's pretty recognizable from my big fat greek wedding as well
2: that's true that's probably one of her biggest like yeah. the thing she gets recognized from the most uh brian james was the guard at the banquet he was leon kowalski and blade runner he's general monroe in the fifth element and he plays requin in tango and cash and there's another 1989 film called the horror show that looks amazing, and I can't wait till we get to it. It's going to be a while, but what year? Eighty nine. Hmm. <laughs> um,
1: you have high ambitions, sir. Yes.
2: Uh, Walker Edmiston was the voice of God here. Uh, he's also the voice of Inferno on Transformers, which is just a perfect fit. They're basically the same character. Um, he's also the voice of Harvey Gabor on Jim, which is the he's the father of Jim's enemy character, the leader of the Misfits, Pizzazz who we've already had earlier this year in midnight madness she was the only girl on the blue team he's also the radio announcer voice in dick tracy uh the 1990 dick tracy uh anita Merritt was a slave girl uncredited uh i don't know which slave girl that would be but she will be a mud wrestler in stripes next year so i thought it was worth bringing up jess up or down
1: I'm gonna go down on this one. I don't think there's any reason to watch it. There, there's a couple of moments that are kind of funny, but really, really not. Doesn't come together as a movie.
2: I agree. They're not all bad jokes, but there's not enough of them here to warrant sitting down and watching it. Yeah. So I would say down,
0: Richard. It's a down for me as well.
2: All right. Let's look at some lists. Jess, where is this going on your list?
1: Well it's uh it's a little bit higher than the last movie we watched, but not much. I'm putting it below uh humanoids from the deep and above uh don't answer the phone so it's it's below the windows threshold but and in the bottom third of the the movies for the year I think.
2: okay. uh
0: I am going to put this uh, I think I'm gonna put this below Hollywood nights okay and which puts it above to all a good night
2: okay um i think this is for me going just above to all a good night and below night of the juggler so right between the nights
0: mine was also between the nights oh yeah
2: (laughs) but it is a different kind of night on one side i think that's everything for this one if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share we are vintage video pod on twitter facebook instagram and letterboxd Whereas I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show. Please. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we will take you personally in an upcoming... We will take you personally. (laughs)
0: Oh, God. I have (laughs) a very particular
2: set of skills, and I will take you. (laughs) Uh, We will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show through Patreon.com slash VintageVideoPodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing Rough Cut, which IMDb describes like so. Two sophisticated jewel thieves join forces to steal 30 million in uncut jewels. Despite a continuous exchange of quips, they eventually become romantically involved. That sounds like a spoiler. We leave you now with the trailer for Rough Cut.
1: Enjoy the food. My teeth are applauding. Quite remarkable, aren't you? Only quite. You love Chinese food, so you buy a Chinese restaurant. That makes sense. A good investment. You have to work very hard not to work for a living. You don't like work. I saw enough of it when I was a kid watching my folks. I thought you were an orphan. I was one of the lucky ones. I had parents. Of course, I never told them they were adopted. You don't like being pinned down about your past, do you? Past bores me. I'm only interested now, right now. How about your parents, you have the usual one of each. My mother was lovely. She died five years ago. My father, he's not quite so lovely. He's very cold, except to strangers, of course. What's Daddy do? He's in the government. Oh, mm. high up, very high up. He's not the Queen, is he? <laughs>